Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. We are now, what, uh, 10 days 10 days away from the deadline, and uh, we're still waiting for the first domino to fall. Uh, we'll talk about that. Eck will be here in a few minutes. Uh, Ross, we'll start with the pre-show. Go ahead. So we're, we're talking – we always talk about free agency, and it looks like free agency has hit the world of professional wrestling because now it looks like The Undertaker is a free agent. Really? So he, has, he has scrubbed the WWE from his profile on Twitter, and he's out there – signing autographs and he's earning or asking for 25,000 an hour not from people but from organizations that want to have him there so and right now people are pretty excited i will say this i saw his autograph prices and it's actually johnny manzel in some cases is charging more which <laughs> i had to laugh at but mick foley charges half so i guess the question is because the Undertaker's never really done this, is he worth double what Mick Foley gets, or would you go cheap like me and go Mick Foley because you believe he's more personable? And at least if you're getting the autograph, you think Mick will, you know, chat with you a bit. Where I'm not sure if the Undertaker will. I wouldn't go with either one of them because I'm a. You have to pick one, Mike. I'm a cheapskate, so but but I mean, is this like his retirement plan because he doesn't have like right a pe now. a pension from the WWE or like he can't go to wrestle for Ring of Honor Wrestling or some other organization? Or well, I think he can now if he wanted to, but he can't really move that well. So even right. if he shows up at WrestleMania, like I think it would just be as an in-ring kind of moment where he you know beats a guy up for two minutes and and two seconds rather, and that's it. So and then he comes alive again. Yeah, I mean, you know, it would just be all about the entrance and him just hitting somebody a few times, and that's it. But I, I just, I was a little staggered by the twenty-five thousand an hour. I don't know. I would assume that makes more. That's more than a rocket scientist. I, I was going to say, I, I, I would guess that's above minimum wage. Yeah. So hang on, the guy who worked in an industry that is entirely scripted and fixed and has no meaningful skill set outside of being huge can charge $25,000 an hour to show up. He could walk on the I don't I don't want to say there's I don't want to say there's something wrong. Peter there's something wrong. Peter, yeah, but you could walk he could walk on the top wire of the ring post, can you? Well, if I yeah, if I spent 28 years practicing probably. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're if if you're all, if you get all steroided up like some NFL guys or or baseball guys, I, 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 a lot of bloggers are steroided. <laughs> yeah, I'm ripped. There's no, no question but, about that. But but no, but it's like I you know I, I have seen wrestlers who after their retirement look nothing like the guys that were in the ring, and if you try if you try to tell me that they weren't like chemically enhanced. It's like, 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 look at, look at David Ortiz now. Oh yeah. David Ortiz is like 175 pounds. 
Yeah, look at Mark Schlorath, the former uh, oh, yeah. Jeff, look at Jeff Saturday. Jeff, Jeff Saturday is a good example too. These guys, but you know, the, the thing is, they, these guys are like now 190 pounds, and they were 280 when they were in the NFL yeah. as offensive linemen or defensive. Line. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. But, it, but I will say this: Look, wrestlers are great athletes. They still yes. get hurt. They do entertain, and where I never say that sports is entertainment because it's not. Sports is competition. Wrestling is entertainment. So, you know, he's getting paid similarly, I would say, to a certain genre of actors. Like, I don't know how you break down. Tom Cruise is probably making something ridiculous like 100000 an hour. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, you're actually right. And in this so day maybe and he's age, making Brian Cranston money. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. In this day and age, with all of with, with everything that's going on with computers and, and all that fancy dancy stuff, you don't think for a second, <laughs> I like to sound just trying to sound as old as I possibly can. No, but you don't think for a second there that um you don't have to try act. These guys aren't paid out. These guys aren't getting paid like what Rough they route. are. I mean, what they're worth. Like that, I mean, they, people aren't figuring out like this guy's earning this much money. Well, he is showing pictures of himself with a private jet or a rented private jet. So at least he's not trying to hide it. I don't blame right. the guy. Right. Right. I mean, there's nothing. I don't know. I'm just saying. I know. Listen, I I don't disagree. I just I was surprised by the by the post. I looked into it. I bring it to the show. That's what I do. I bring it and then we decide what's right or wrong. And Peter's already decided. So there we go. Right. We decide. We are the deciders. <laughs> Whatever we say that. goes, and that's and that's you know that's officially done by the tribunal here. Yeah, Geneva Geneva conferences have given us that right. Right. On Maybe that way. note, <laughs> oh, John, I know. <laughs> okay, Jan, you follow me. You got it. Always follow Mike. Okay. All right, it's been a long couple days. All right, here we go. Ready? Yes. Someone pointed this out to me the other day before I start. Someone pointed this out to me the other day that, you know, see, we have like a way, the way Google Hangouts works, you know, is there's not like a cameraman, you know, and, and makeup artist on the other side of this, the thing here. There's, a, we have a little webcam and, and, and you know, a, a square that I can see you guys in. So my camera was over there and my square was over there. <laughs> what was happening was I was looking like this all the time where I was looking at like, I, you couldn't, I was looking like this and talking to you guys like, you know, okay. Okay. Let, let, let me, let me just briefly say this. Cause you mentioned this and this drive, this is driving me crazy. Yeah, if you're watching like the yes network or other New York or other cable stations, and there is a commercial, a, 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 law, a law firm commercial featuring the real Aaron Brockovich. And she's talking to the camera, and for like 15 seconds, they go to a camera where she's staring into like the ether, staring into space. Yeah. And they keep. I've never seen this in friggin' commercials before, and it's driving me nuts. Stare yeah. at the friggin' camera. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is like the office stuff, you know, like from filming the office when you know someone would talk about, you know, yeah. Well, I think that that was an interesting thing, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh my God! It's it's so it's so distracting. Anyway, let's start the show. There you go. There you go. All right. All righty. Let's begin. Ready? Yeah. All right. Thanks. He's trying to look up the date. Just do it. Yes. It's Friday. All right. Let me say again. Hello, hockey world. It's Friday, February fifteenth, two thousand. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Jan Levine. I'm Peter Tessier in, well, used to be formerly balmy Winnipeg, Arctic Vortex again. 
I'm Russ Cohen, and I want to say happy birthday to Matt Sundin. Hi, I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And I have to admit, Russ, that when I saw that you, you said Matt Sundin was going to be in the pre-show, being that you're Russ and being that you mentioned Matt Sundin, I'm like, oh, crap, did Matt Sundin die? So thank you. I wasn't wishing for that, I was, I, but I was wishing for Russ him. Russ is always the person who tells us when people die. That's why I was like. <laughs> uh, but I am wishing for him to waive his no-trade clause. But continue. Oh. You just want Wendell Clark back, so keep quiet over there. <laughs> You'll be waiting until 2019 for him to waive that no tree clause. I think I said that back. Oh, wait, in, we're here. <laughs> 2000 and uh, I said that back in 2000 and whatever that with this is happening. Oh wait. So uh, those of you who are in the chat room, we have a chat room, guys. And it's, if you go to that, you go to this website. Um, if you go to the YouTube, if you're, you're what you're watching now, click on the YouTube thing. You'll see a pop-up chat that pop appears on the right hand side. You can go to that. And we have a lot of great people in there always, and they're always helping us out through the show. You know, because they know everything between between all of them. Um, and um, there, there's a little game we play in the chat room every day that, that I switch my jerseys around in the back. And um, today I tried to screw some people up by moving some around, but keeping the same jerseys back there. And uh, but they did get the uh, they did get the new jersey today, which was which was pretty easy, which is the Eklund jersey. Which yeah, is right. I was gonna say it's like yeah, that should be pretty obvious, right? So uh, there you have it. So but yeah, if you go in there, you get some points, you can win some prizes, you know, all kinds of fun stuff. Anyway, yes. My, People, Mike, Mike's getting Mike's getting praised today for wearing maroon, which is uh, because <laughs> it's not gray. It's not gray. All hey, right. gray is a universal color. <laughs> it's the universal no, color no, of the universal black. Of non -color. Black. 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 Black, yeah. All right, here we go. Ten days. Ten days. Good crazy. lord. Yeah. Well, I, I wish you know here at Aki Buzz, we wish it could go on forever because it's nice. <laughs> It's good, good traffic. If I write time. one more Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccarello blog, I may get impaled on my website. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and, and, you know. And so actually, it was so funny. Like, some people were, like, complaining about our um, one of our bloggers writing too much. And I was just like, I've heard everything now. You know, like, it's like, you know, I, I, if someone's writing too much, what the hell is wrong with you people? Like, why would you have a problem with them writing too much? Like, that right. is <clears throat> astonishing to me. So anyway, just well, say it must, it must be me because I write every I day. It's not, you. It's not you. I, just I've just say it's Mike. Just I, say I've, it's not I've, you, Mike. It's not, it's not it's no I've one written, on this panel. But I've, yeah, I've written every day for three and a half years through the summer, through the winter, through storms. All right, I admit it. It's right. We need to take you somewhere like, to find out what's wrong. It's Russ. Russ is writing too much, and that's I what know. I'm going to about. That must I be know. it. All right. Here, <laughs> Mike's Fifty Shades of Grey. I like that. Um, all right, okay. So, <laughs> Dakota Johnson, come on down. Miller's Fifty Shades of Grey, the worst sequel ever. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, so we're ten days from the trade deadline, and we're also on a Friday, which is a big time to do crazy things because Friday is a typical day that you do stuff when you want to bury it. Okay, this goes back to newspaper days and, and you know, so obviously it, but it's still, it still adheres today. Someone told me about one time about like, this doesn't, this doesn't apply anymore. It absolutely does apply because the internet is where things are reported now. And the internet is more crowded Monday through Friday when people are at work because all you people are bums. You're just bums for watching the show right now. Right? So that's what's happening. You're just taking off time from work and you're watching the show, which is, which we love. Way to build but, our viewership. Yeah. Right. Right. But here you go. But so Saturday right. and Sunday, not as many people on Twitter, not as many people doing stuff and talking about stuff. So yeah, if you want to do something crazy, you want to say, you know, trade a player that you that's not going to be a popular trade, you do it tonight. You do it um you do it Friday night, the 10 days before the deadline because this gives you time to make something happen. This gives you time to uh 
get in front of it because there's too many top there's too many as we wrote as i wrote the other day too many top six forwards out there for the first time ever you know like friday is also a good day to get a fish fry <laughs> right um so um but you know nice little catholic reference mike appreciate that um, we mute him yeah we can. <laughs> yeah. um all right so so here we are. So we have Friday. We are the Friday, but we're, next Friday is also going to be a big trade deadline day. And of course, trades will be going down as I am suiting up to play hockey. I get to, can I tell this quick story real quick. I'm going to play in the media game at the uh, at the at the um, outdoor game. So the media game, Russ. I know you're a wimp and you're not playing in it. I'm not because if there's ringers, I'm not good enough to play with ringers. I am not good enough to play with you, but I'm playing in it. No, you're way better than me. Come on, be fair. <laughs> I, I only started playing ice hockey like 10 years ago. Years. Well, no, that's not. About 10 years ago, yeah. I started playing when I was 30, so like yeah. 20 years ago. But but anyway, so what it is is there's a media game that takes place um, at, you know, usually where the winter classes are, the outdoor games, the, the all-star games, all these things. The media gets together and plays the night before the game. So we're playing, obviously, the outdoor game is, is Saturday, Pittsburgh and Philly, so media is playing on Friday. Well, I haven't played hockey goalie in about seven years, okay, so – as a, and as a goalie going up against some of these ringers, rest that is pretty frightening, you know. So oh, I'm, sure. a, I'm going to look terrible. Um, oh, Mike, <laughs> I wish I, I wish Who's I could. Who's videotaping this? I so wish I could write that, Peter. I so, wish I could write what you just said. Um, so, so, so what you're, so what you're saying? Agnes, I'm videotaping it. I am. I am going to videotape it. No. So what you're saying is that you're gonna, you're going to be as good as Michael Neuvert. What I'm going to say is, if anyone knows how to get in shape in seven days, let me know. All right. <laughs> Cleanse. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, you got to cut weight. You got to sit in a sauna and a rubber. Like, get, get an entire bottle of Benafiber and just down it. Like, there was a rumor that Eric Lindros was going to play in this game the other day. Yeah. Like, so anyway, I'm I, anyway. I have to play. I love playing. I'm hoping that I'm the backup goalie. Like that. I'm like that. They have two goalies already. That it's all good. And then I come in and take some warm ups, skate around, look around the beautiful arena, maybe jump in for five minutes. But the anyway, bunny, the, the bunny LaRock of the media. Right, right, right. If, if Eric Lindros is playing in this game, he's going to look for the smallest guy in the ice and crush him in the corner. That's what he always did. <laughs> true, just said in the chat room, that'll be better than Neuvirth because I'll actually be on the ice. That's true. Um, <laughs> Wear your Wayne Stevenson jersey. So, of course, yeah, I have a Wayne Stevenson helmet. I do. I have a massive perfect. I have a Wayne Stevenson. I was going to wear that. Anyway, so here you go. So, just really quick, I'm sorry for bothering you guys with this boring information, but it's kind of funny. So yesterday I decided that I'm going to go and play open hockey, but there's two different kinds of open hockey at, at Hatfield Ice, which is near where I live. Um, one is called Pucks and Sticks, which is from 10 to noon, and the other is open hockey, which is from noon to 2.30. So Pucks and Sticks is where you can just go, and it's not a game. You just skate around. You can like shoot. Right, which, and so, so there's no real – it's not organized. It's, and it's, yeah. it's perfect for what I was doing because I haven't been on the ice in eight years. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get out there. You know, and I'm like, my skates are like, I'm, I'm like tearing the, trying to like sand the rust off of them. And yeah, yeah, I did that already with mine. You know that move. So, so I'm out there and I go out there and uh, it is like six guys out there. I take my daughter who's off school. So she goes with me, which is fun. Um, and then, so I've got six guys out there and they're all, you know, and I, and I go right up to them and I explain to them. And they're all like thrilled to see a goalie. Like it's having a goalie at this is like incredible because you can shoot at a goalie, right? So that's great. Otherwise, and I tell them right away, I'm like, listen, guys, this is the deal. And I tell them exactly what's happening. I said, I have, I have a week to figure to get to feel like I can do this again, and I don't know. So just go easy on me. Of course they didn't. <laughs> they um, you know, they um, and I found out something about kids. This and they were great kids, and I'm I might I might be playing open hockey with them in a couple hours. I might go today at twelve. 
play because I have to play as much as I can. But the good thing, but I learned something about kids this in these days as a goalie, a move that gets them almost every time, which does not exist anymore, and that is the poke check. It's funny, like yeah. There's a few goalies that do it, but not everybody does it. Yeah, so because of the butterfly and because of positioning and way you like normally the poke check has really gone out of gone out of style. And these kids, like, so the first couple times they came in, they just school. I wasn't poke checking. I mean, they were schooling me with their, you know, I mean, I tell them playing. I tell them playing the media that they think I'm they think I'm some kind of superstar, and they then they see me play and they realize I'm not. So, and I'm like saying, if I doesn't go well today, I'm like, I don't even know I'm going to do this thing. I'm at that point, right? So, anyway. So but one guy comes in and, and, you know, then I'm like, I can start getting pissed off because I'm like, just take some shots, guys. I just want shots. I don't want you to come in and like stick candle around me. And I, I just want shots. I want to feel the puck. So one guy comes in and I poke check him. Next guy comes in, I poke check him. Next guy comes in, I poke like three in a row. No one knows how to handle this. They're all, and it was like I was some kind of magical person because I could poke check. What is that like? That's And it's the funniest thing because it's just like, you know, that's what I was taught to do. But let's move on to rumors. Anyway, here we go. Um, all right. So let's get right into the big news today, which I believe is um, is Matt Duchesne and the Matt Duchesne decision, which I have been told is going to come down today. Now, whether, now, you know, what does this sound like? A decision will come down soon. We don't know if we'll find out the results of it. I'm not talking about the Mueller, Mueller probe. I'm talking about the Matt Duchesne oh, decision. God. All right. So the Matt Duchesne decision, we don't know if we're going to find out exactly what that decision is because there's mixed feelings on whether or not it behooves the senators to have that out there or not, you know, because in, in a normal world, you probably wouldn't want that out there because then you're suddenly have to trade him. Well, but in a world of all, in a world of all these top six fours, I think you got it. I think you got to put it out there. Well, if it's if it's not if, if news doesn't get out, it's one it's one or the other. It's either he's signing and he signs, yeah. or he's on or he's on the block. So if you don't hear an eight year contract for eight and a half million dollars, then he's going to market. Then he's. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm with Mike. I think if we hadn't heard anything by now. It's probably not a yes, because usually yeses come a little quicker than this. He obviously has some hesitation, and so I think we're finding out that he's not re-signing. And, and this is this is the thing, Eck. I mean, there are there are things in favor uh, for for Duchesne staying in Ottawa in the sense that uh, you know he's from uh, I think it's Halliburton, Ontario, which is relatively close to Ottawa, I think three or four hours away. So uh, he likes Ottawa. They'll give him the eight-year deal. They'll probably pay him more than anybody else will pay him. But the problem is, is that they're going to suck for two years. They have a lot of young young kids. They want veterans to be the influence on those young kids. That you know, they're you know Batherson and Kachuk and Shabbat and Logan Brown and Colin White. They got all they're they're steeped in good prospects. But the problem the problem is is that none of these veteran guys want to spend the primes of their career in a team that's going to be wallowing outside of the playoffs and reorganizing. So. Unless they overpay him, he's gone. So I think I think we're gonna hear nothing today other than you know <laughs> no no resolution to it. That then that means you start picking places for Duchesne to get traded in the next week. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, I I, I here's the thing about Matt Duchesne. Like Matt Duchesne is not he hates being in trade rumors, okay, and I, you know, and he's such a good guy that you hate putting him in trade rumors. He is a good guy, there's no question. It's like I hate, and I've written about Matt Duchesne in trade rumors for what feels like a solid five years. Like it feels yeah. like it just feels like forever, you know. Like the last, I mean, the Matt Duchesne trade out of Colorado took forever to happen. Let's not forget, it was like a year and a half that we talked about that. It was two trade deadlines, a couple drafts. Yeah, but you know, we always talked about Matt freaking Duchesne, and and 
he's such a good guy, such a peaceful guy, such a happy guy. He's like, and he hates, and I know I've, I've talked to people and I've talked to him and, <laughs> and it's not fun, you know, cause it's like, this is what I got to do. Right. And he's the kind of guy now he, I believe part of me thinks that he's the kind of guy who would love the idea of an eight year deal um, without, with, with a no, with a no movement clause where he doesn't have to think about trade rumors ever again. I think that too, but I just, I happen to think that his number is higher than what Ottawa wants to pay him. And he could get that act if he's traded before the deadline, because right. I, if traded to another team, then they can offer him an eight year deal. Now I, I think the, the number of players that can draw an eight year, and you can remember, remember this thing. Duchesne, I think, is 28. He was in the Tavares draft. It was Tavares, Hedman, Duchesne. So that's 2009. So he's 27 or 28 years old. I don't think any team is offering him an eight-year deal unless it's unless it's Ottawa and Ottawa front loads the deal and gives him heavy signing bonus. And then, you know, it's actually a five or six-year deal in the last two years or something they can buy out or something they can walk away from. Nobody else is giving a 28-year-old Eight years. I mean, Tavares got yeah, Tavares I seven. No, Tavares. I agree. I agree with you. No one else now, is getting that. Do you, do you think that the Duchesne signing is tied in any way to the Stone signing? So, for example, yeah. if Duchesne doesn't see Ottawa wanting to make a commitment to Stone or can make a commitment to Stone, does that impact his ability or desire to remain with the organization? This is a great question. And this is what I think is the case on that. I think, actually, it may be more the opposite, that the Stone signing depends more on the Duchesne signing. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I think that what the Senators did is they looked at both of these players and they're like, okay, who is more dependent? And it's Stone's more dependent on Duchesne signing. And they said, so we're, let's try to sign Duchesne because, right. you know, that's how, that's how I, um, that's I, how I think, went down. I think it's a one or the other scenario, Peter. I don't think Eugene Melnick can afford to sign Mark Stone, which the rumor out there is a, a $10 million eight-year offer. Yeah. And then sign Duchesne for eight and a half. I, it, I think he's going to sign one, or he's going to sign the other, and the well, other one gets traded. I, I don't think that it way until recently, but... because I think that I'm sorry, Peter. Go ahead. Go ahead. I really, I really feel. Oh, excuse me. I don't think it makes sense to do both. But Pierre Dorian was in yeah. Winnipeg last night. Yeah. And um, because Mark Stone's dad used to be a client of mine, I reached out, and I have some understanding because uh, that there may have been a meeting between the two. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, Mark Stone's that... dad's not actively involved in managing his kids, but he's a really interesting guy. He's a very much a type A kind of personality. But right. I don't think Pierre Dorian needs to come to Winnipeg to look at the Winnipeg Jets <laughs> to, well, to figure out what's I, I, going on with them. I know that the TSN insiders were talking about that yesterday, and they and they drew the conclusion that Dorian was not only looking at the Jets, but was looking at Manitoba as well. Um, to you know, maybe to yeah, check. he's looking at the Moose as well, right? And and and, and the the you know the 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 connection there. I mean, obviously, we've talked about this this week. Is the fact that you know Winnipeg. Uh, and Nashville are looking to add a top six guy, and this is an opportunity to, I mean, for Dorian and Shevel Dayoff to talk face to face about that possible deal. Now, I mean, and I, I I'm only saying this is circumstantial evidence, but I would think if Dorian is going to Winnipeg to talk to Shevel Dayoff, that is an indicator to me that Duchesne and Stone are not signing there. That if you, why why would you travel halfway across the country to talk face to face right. if you were signing yeah. them? 
the only I think thing he's missing in that meeting, though, is he doesn't get to see Christian Veselani, who's in the KHL. Yeah. But I'm sure they know him well enough. Yeah, I, I think the 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 thing about what Ottawa is doing is they're also putting up a bit of a smoke screen so they're not being preyed upon and they're kind of trying to control this. So until you give the green light and go, at least say the right things so that your players don't think you're giving up on them too and, and put and, and deal with the thing behind the scenes. Let's not let it be a, a Jim Benning email a trade list of guys who are available out there to everyone. You do this in a stage and, and the thing you probably don't want to be doing is managing both players at the same time. You want to get right. one done, then move on to the next. You don't want to have these two balls in the air right. and trying like oh. you, you, that's that's where you make mistakes. And yeah, the I sooner agree. you can get one done, is probably going to make it easier and more manageable to focus on the other right. and whatever done is signed or moved. Right, well, going to be moved in both. Let me tell you what I heard about this. Uh, another yeah. thing that kind of plays in this, and then Mike. Sorry. Um, so the, um, the action I wrote about this today, the actual tell on this whole thing might be the signing of Ryan Dezingle, which is, according to what I've heard, close. And that actually Dezingle, who I thought was the most likely to move because, you know, he and, and the Ryan, the signing of Ryan Dezingle. Well, is they know they're not going to sign the other two. It makes sense that they're right, going to go right there. Right. So that's why that's why it's the beginning to begin an interesting tell. And I think that, even though we might not know what Matt Duchesne's decision is. Mm-hmm. The single, the single sign this weekend. Um, we're gonna know. We have an idea. You know, well, we have an idea that 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 Duchesne is is on the market. Well, for, first of all, to, to Peter's point, I think that the the statement that Melnick released last week was the smokescreen. Was basically the cover to give to the organization that these guys leave. It's their fault because they didn't want to buy into our plan. Um, I think that if if Dezingle signs, if they sign him over the weekend. I think it's an indicator that the market is flooded with that second level of of uh, unrestricted rental free agent like Zuccarello, like uh, Michael Furland. You know, though there's a there's a lot of those guys, but the impact guys, the Duchesnes, the Stones, yeah. the Panarins, there's only three or four of them. And yeah. you know, there's going to be, as you said, Eck, there was there's going to be a domino effect with them. But that market is so flooded with secondary forwards. Maybe they think it's a better value for them to sign Dzingle. Than to get a second round pick for him because he's a he's a better player than that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's it's a really good point, and I think that um, I mean they Zingle's sitting in a in a beautiful spot, really. I mean, honestly, like he he's just waiting because I mean he, he you know and he is he is a he is I mean what are our thoughts on Zingle? Is he overhyped right now? Is he Michael Furland? Is he, what is, you know, that's the question about, like, he's having a so great year. a little year. lesser than Michael Furland, I think. I think, I, I think on a good team, he's a third-line guy. On that team, he's a second-line guy. Right. right. Makes right. sense. I buy that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, he's the best job to keep because they can pay him, you know, what he, and if he's if he's happy there, and he's going to be happy there, and if, if Duchesne and, and Stone are gone, he even moves up to, you know, on the, on the depth chart. So. Well, conversely, the name that's gotten mentioned more in the last 48 hours has been Cody Ceci. Right. Um, you know, he's he's an RFA. He's arbitration eligible. He's making $4.3 bucks. I think he's two years away from UFA. Um, they don't – it sounds like Melnick doesn't want to pay – because, remember, the qualifying offer would have to be 10%, so that would be close to $5 million bucks on a, on a one-year or a two-year deal, and that would walk them right to unrestricted free agency. They've got Shabbat. Um, now, they need more than just Thomas Shabbat on the blue line, but if they if they're 
in the in a position where they don't think they're going to contend or compete in the next two years, then then you may as well trade CC and get a get a younger defenseman. He's a right hand shot. And there's been connection to him in Tampa. Nick Caprios yesterday on Sportsnet said Toronto, which I highly doubt because I can't see even when they're in a situation that they're in right now, Ottawa trading and not trading with Toronto and, and helping to helping Toronto out. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's the case. But he's you know he's a in his mid twenties. He's a good defenseman. He's not going to be ridiculously expensive. I could see teams that need that third fourth defenseman, uh, especially on a right side jumping at Cody CC and getting him for a pretty decent price. Here's the thing with CC though. He's from Ottawa. He played with the 67s. Yep. He's drafted by the Sens. He's with the Sens. I don't think he's going to leave until the very last minute because I think he'll hold out hope that they give him the contract that he is worth. They're going to need him. Even at 27, that's perfect if they're going to be competitive at that time if I'm Dorian, I'm trying to keep him. Now, I don't know what is obviously what the payroll constraints are, but if you're losing Duchesne and Stone, right, pay Cody Cece. I mean, Russ, right, it, exactly. it, it makes complete sense. And if I was, a, you know, if, if they were a sort of right thinking organization, I would completely agree with that. But this is Ottawa. And right. But I think the thought of this is all because we don't know what's going on with the salaries of Stone and Duchesne. I think once that becomes clearer, I think it'll become clearer on CC. I think this is a lot of speculation on CC because yeah. we think Stone or Duchesne will be signed. If one of them is signed, then they might not have the money to spend on CC. If neither is signed and it's just a zingle, then obviously they will have the money for CC. Now, Ak, wouldn't you agree at some point? Everybody can follow that along at home. Anyhow. Yeah. Got it. I got that. Yeah, we got it. No, Ak, wouldn't you agree at some point? Because like we were, we were talking with Kevin yesterday and he agreed, he agreed with the premise that Basically, Stone, Duchesne, and to a lesser extent, Panarin is clogging up the works, and that you know that basically, you know, teams are waiting around to see if they can get them or if they're available, and then they'll exercise their Plan Bs or Plan Cs accordingly. Right. But if this if this continues like into next week, the clock is ticking. I, I think some teams are going to say, "Okay, I got to make my other move now because I may be left hanging out to dry on February 25th. I th and that's my next blog because I was working on I was working on you know just the historically which one of these GMs likes to get stuff done early, and those mm -hmm. guys who like to get stuff done early are this year really going to want to get stuff done early. And you're right, you know, and they Rutherford, have already seen that. I thought Lamarillo would have gotten something done already because that's yeah. usually his pattern. <clears throat> Rutherford traditionally, and he already made the deal with Florida, but uh, you know, Rutherford, I mean, um, and you know, Poyle is another one who did who did get some stuff done already, but yeah. You're going to see, you know, but like Fletcher always waits for the deadline, you know, on, on stuff. I mean, Minnesota never makes trades. Minnesota never made trades early. There is a, there is something interesting today coming out that I've been following that that Spurgeon could be headed to Philadelphia. Um, and I'm working on it. I'm working on tracking it down still. We have not, you know, now officially, apparently, according to um, Mike had, Russo. Mike Russo, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mike, for reading my mind. According to Mike Russo, that, you know, the they're actually – have now decided they're going to be sellers, Minnesota, basically. And I don't, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that either. I think what's happening there is ownership who may be watching the show. Hey, um, <laughs> is trying to prod the guys like Eric Stahl and other guys on that team and saying, go ahead, Paul, make the deals you need to make. Yeah. And I think players hear that and they know they're in playoff position. They're yeah. in a playoff spot. And I think they're going to rally now. And I think that's what they're trying to do is 
create more of a rally than yeah. actually worrying about trading the guys because I know teams have sort of traded out of playoff position before the Giants did it once when Kurt Warner was the quarterback and they put in yeah. Eli Manning, but in the NHL it really doesn't happen. I see. I think it's I think it's the three the three P's. It's pro, it's prod, but it's also prepare and it's also being proactive. Because I, I think yeah, what, right. what they're doing what they're doing here is I think Fenton is going to go out. You know, if we drop out of the race, if we're four or six points out on February twenty fifth, I need to set. I need to lay the groundwork to maybe trade Eric Stahl, to maybe trade Jonas Brodine. There are a number a number. Of, I didn't hear Spurgeon, but I'll take I'll take your word for it. Because uh, I mean, yeah. Spurgeon's got a year left in his contract. And again, this is a team that lost their number one center, lost their number one defenseman, and they're sort of you know, hanging on by their fingernails to the second wild card with three teams within a po two points. So yeah, I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been told Fletcher loves Spurgeon. And the thing about this is, you know, you got to remember that, you know, if, if Minnesota is open for business and the Flyers are indeed trying to buy, that's something you got to look at. You got to look at that connection. Um, well, it's we're looking at the connection and yeah. this is something that will hurt for Flyers fans in that trade. You're going to lose somebody like Sanheim. Sanheim. Because they're going to want a player who isn't under a big contract. So Gostaspear is not going to go in that trade because they're going to not want to take money back. Right. You might lose Travis Sanheim in that deal. Spurgeon's making over $5 million bucks. He's got a year left in his contract. The only yep. way it make, makes sense for a cap-strapped Minnesota team is to clear money for a younger body. Yep. And San Sanheim makes the most sense. And I think yep. Fletcher would know that he could extend Spurgeon, too. I think that would be the only way he would trade a Sanheim. Right. But I just want to bring that up. Now, the other thing that's going on in Philly, though, Eck, yeah. is there's two things. The first one is Philly Myers hasn't played yet. He hasn't made his NHL debut. He's been up for a little bit. I I find that kind of odd, and then I even find it odder that Moran is only on a conditioning assignment, which means he's going to return back to the Flyers in a week or a little more. Yeah. He's only played three NHL games. No offense to Sam Moran, but if I have to decide if I'm going to play one of them right now, whether it's Myers or Moran, I'm playing Myers a hundred percent of the time. That's true. I mean, and that that is something you have to. I mean, I think that you have to look at Gordon on this one probably because I mean, Gordon knows knows both of those players inside out, right? So he knows. I mean, they've had both of them in the AHL. He's coached them, so he probably knows where Myers is. Um, Myers maybe, has twenty nine points this year. I've seen <clears> him play <throat> this year. He's really good. Yeah, me too. And I, I agree. He's really yeah. good. Um, whether you know, it was it was. You know whether or not Gordon thinks he's the kind of guy that will just benefit maybe from being from practicing with the Flyers for a week or two or something like that. Maybe that's okay. going on. So tell me how you're going to react yeah. if Myers and I don't know if this is going to happen because Myers could play Saturday, but if Myers is there just to practice with the team and eat popcorn when the game's on, and then Moran comes back from a conditioning assignment and he gets inserted into the lineup, right? I don't like that idea. I will yeah. tell you, yeah. it's, it's a it's a complete kind of deal about Myers being called up too. So it's kind of one of those things you wonder. Like you know, he's being interviewed on all the Flyers networks and things like that. So it do, it does no real it, the phase they sent him back. But it, it, it does it does no benefit to Myers or <clears throat> or to Moran being a, a defenseman in your in your early twenties to sit in the press box and watch. Now, if it's if I, I said to Russ before before the, before the show, if they're if they're up with the team because they're going to move out a defenseman and they want them to get acclimated to practicing and getting ready to step into the NHL, that's one thing. If they're keep, keeping them up there because 
you know, the, the, they want a they want a taxi squad while they're making a run for the playoffs. That is the ultimate in stupidity. Develop your players, put them in the American Hockey League, and let them play every night. Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I agree with you. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot that's changing though with the paradigm of young players in the NHL. You know, it really it yeah. it, it really is all over the place, and it, it has a lot so much to do with. We've talked about this before, but these guys are better trained than they've ever been before. I mean, well, we're talking about the first generation of guys who've actually like played hockey year round and had well, like paid money to have trainers working with them year round. And so how did the Pietro feel today about that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. And that, and that, and that sucks, you know? Um, well, well, let me, let me ask, let me ask what happens most times. Let me, let me ask Jan about that because I mean, the Rangers have had, you know, Cheadle, They've had Leah Sanderson. They've had Howden. You know, guy Howden's a little older, but I mean, you're talking about 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds playing regularly with the Rangers. I mean, how do you think it's benefited them to play that you know that much this early in their careers? Man, I think for Howden, he clearly hit a wall. I mean, about 20 games ago. I mean, oh, yeah. you can play, you can play all your all all you want, but in terms of the step up in the competition, the amount of games you're playing is probably more so guys. You know. When Jimmy Vc came in, he hit it because in college you only play maybe once a week as opposed right. to here every weekend. So I think it definitely benefited him. I mean, Hedo, unfortunately, has seen his ice time kind of dwindle a little bit lately. I mean, the viewpoint is I think post-trade line, line he'll get back up to a regular shift. Howden mm. playing third-line minutes, playing consistent minutes. So from a growth perspective, clearly there's nothing better than yeah. being out on the ice and dealing with every single situation, mm -hmm. augmented at times by sitting in the press box and watching to see the mistakes you've made or things you pick up. So I think Heedle's definitely benefited. I think he'll benefit more after the deadline. Howden, he's out now injured. I think the hope is when he comes back, he'll be fully refreshed and healthy and get back to where he was. And Anderson, he's right now playing first and second line minutes down in Hartford. So he's he's the second year in a row he's yeah. kind of done that. So I think all three of them have benefited. I don't know if there's a detriment unless if a guy – if a guy's not able to handle it, and this is what we talked about, Carter Hart, if you can't mentally handle the struggles and you will struggle – in the NHL, we did the pre-show. We talked about Patrick Laine struggling a little bit. If you're not mentally strong enough to handle it, coming to the NHL as an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid and maybe not having success right away, that could tear you down very quickly unless you have the mental capacity to overcome that. And right now, the top four in the 2018 draft, Russ, I mean, Darlene has, I mean, he's had some little lulls, but he's been fantastic for the Sabres. Svechnikov yep. has been really good for Carolina. Yep. Kanyemi, after a slow start, he's playing great with Montreal. And Brady Kachuk should be a, should be a candidate for the Calder. So These guys are all a level above, just because yes. of, of the guys that, that Jan is just talking about. They're all a level above that, all of them. Right. Right. You know, that's, that's really the reason why. Hey, Eck, I wanted to bring up something. I'm sure you've got an Islander rumor. Yep. But I want to mention something about the Islanders that I said today on SiriusXM because it mm -hmm. took them by surprise. And I think Jam will agree with this. So they said, hey, Casey Zizekas had, you know, scored his 15th goal last night. What do you think about him? And I said, I've always loved Casey Zizekas. He's always been a great skater, a hard-to-play-against guy, a high-energy guy. Right. And if you're a fan of the opposing team – when he scores a goal, you kind of throw up in your mouth a little bit. <laughs> sure. I that, can't argue with that one. No, see? No, no disagreement because he's not sure. a guy you view as a scorer. So, and, and that, that. I mean, he's been a scorer in his career. Not like to 50. 15 is his career high by a lot. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. He's a scorer yeah. in juniors. Yeah, 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 it's true. 
and that and that line with Clutterbuck and with uh, with Martin, I have I haven't watched uh, as much of the Islanders as I as I have in the past, but I believe that line is still a unit that they keep together. And you know that they're, they're not an extremely talented line, but they work their butts off. Yeah, they work their butts off, and uh, I mean it's it's something where. Sorry, Jan. You, oh, you had to switch rooms. Yeah, switch rooms. Sorry. Okay, uh, no, but they they worked their butts off, and in, in, in the in the construct of the Barry Trotz team, that line is extremely effective and a matchup problem for teams that put out like a third line that's a skilled line. They're going to run those guys into the boards, and you know, in a playoff situation, a guy like Sezikis and Clutterbuck and and Martin are extremely valuable. So, I mean, I don't know if I would want to face the the Islanders in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, they they've done a great job at literally putting themselves onto an island, you know, in a weird way um, that they, they are, they've separated themselves. Brooklyn. You know, yeah. Yeah. They've separated themselves better than they usually do from, from that mess in New York. You know, I, I've really been impressed by like how they, they, they really don't feel like a New York team. Like they usually do to me. I don't know if this is just no, they feel like a New Jersey team. Cause they suffocate the life out of the other team. And they're boring. to watch. <laughs> no, they feel like a Southern Connecticut team to me. Like they feel like, you know what I mean? Well, it's like, yeah, here's how you act, though. If you look at their team, right? Anders Lee has had a major slump. He's clearly missed playing with Tavares. Hasn't meshed that well with Barzal. Um, Bouvalier's played pretty well, as you mentioned, Sezikis. But that's a team. You look at them, and they're one of those where the sum is greater than the total of the individual parts right now. Yeah, but right. I think come playoff time, you, you that's why I thought Lamarillo may be aggressive. You need somebody that strikes some fear into people. I mean, Barzal does that. There's nobody else, Bailey, Lee, Bouvalier. Hey, don't, don't worry about it. Well, no, no, I mean just, just from not from the head <laughs> perspective. I know what you mean. But they, he strikes, um, he strikes the fear in the corner. Gotten a guy who's a scorer because that's the thing they need. Because, you know, look, I think they'll give any team a difficulty in the first round. Granted, we don't know if it's going to be Grice or Laner between the pipes. Um, need somebody who's going to be able to score to take some pressure off all the other guys when it gets really tight checking in the playoffs. Well, that's, that's why, that's why it'll be interesting what Lamorello does in the next 10 days, because I honestly think, you know, they will be a tough out in the playoffs, but I don't think unless they go out and get themselves some scoring, some, some secondary scoring or somebody who can play with Barzil that they're, you know, they, they, you know, get past say the second round. I mean, they're they're defensively they're they're very structured. Trots you know, has has beaten it into them. They you know they will they will be tough to play against. But they need goals. They really do need goals. And I think they you know if, if Panarin is out there or if Stone or Duchene are out there, Lamorello has got enough prospects in that organization to make it work to make it possible to make those deals. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I wanted to, something else that was kind of brought up in the chat room, which I think is. Is close to happening, and I'm, I'm not sure how close. But it, I, I was hearing a lot last night about a Braden Point extension, and um, you know that this, and I, and the curious thing about that is, you know, it makes total. It make obviously they have to do it. I mean, I mean they have to do it. He's, but it's going to be a ton of money, you know. So like the issue is, how much can you give Braden Point on this team, you know? Well, well also Tyler, I think you got to you got to factor in he's in Tampa, right? So any yeah. contract he gets, he gets right. the savings from the lack of state tax. So that has to be factored right. in, which helps them in terms of who they sign. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, they, and they and they have, and they have their own they have their own self. I, I I think it was Elliot Friedman mentioned says that Tampa Bay is operating on sort of a Nashville system where they have their own self imposed not salary cap. 
but you know, like a team cap in the sense that you can't make more than Nikita Kucherov is making, which is nine and a half. So I don't think Braden Point's going to break eight and a half, which is what Stamkos makes. He's probably, you know, if if he if he signs a seven or eight year deal, he's probably going to sign, you know, slotted behind. Kucherov and Stamkos, yeah. they're what they're doing is they're avoiding the you know the obvious um, problem of the of the offer sheet, um, and, you know, or the you know the complication of the offer sheet. But we know is you know it's it's the worst kept secret in the world. We, we Russ and I and everybody have been talking about the fact that in the summer they're going to move out Tyler Johnson or they're going to yeah. move out uh, uh, Andre Palat or Al Alex Kalorn. Move out Callahan the last year of a deal too. Right, they right, exactly. They you know Call Callahan will be there for the Stanley Cup run. And if they win it, then you know, he the last year of his contract, he'll probably pay a second round pick to have that contract go away. So that I no trade. So this is the interesting thing about this. Like there was a very long dead belief that this is where Eric Carlson was gonna sign next year, regardless of what happened, right? Like they and I yeah. think that Braden points play and is just I mean, he's always been good, but he's absolutely very good. You know, he's he's no question. Like some comparing, you know, guy, you know, comparing him to Berge, you know, Bergman. I mean, like it, it's it's crazy. I mean, he, he's getting really huge comparisons, and he deserves a lot of them. That with his play, that really does change the Eric Carlson market considerably. I think. Honestly, I think I I think that the talk of Eric Carlson in Tampa Bay has waned throughout the year. I mean, he's he's mm -hmm. injured again. I still think there's a chance that San Jose signs them. And if that doesn't happen with, you know, they, they might not because they have Vlasic and they have Burns making big money, but there, you know, a lot of money's coming off the books with them as well. I mean, it could be Vegas, could be Vancouver. I, I, I think Tampa Bay has got too much invested right now to be able to afford Carlson at what he expects to get, which he's going to expect to get close to what Dowdy got, which is 11 million. I do think Vancouver has got an excellent shot at getting them. I, I think he would probably enjoy playing with Pedersen. I, I think there's there's some a good lore for him there. Quinn Hughes is going to be there. Yeah, you know that's that's enough to maybe get Eric Carlson there. We're going to see Quinn Hughes this year, right? Pretty soon, you think? Yeah, they said uh, after the season as it came out. I saw it yesterday. Right and after their season ends, he'll be he'll be on he'll be in when he'll be in Vancouver. Right. How many games will be left though at that point? Uh, maybe maybe a month. Maybe like three yeah. weeks. Yeah, maybe a month. Yeah, we'll see him. That'll that'll be the cherry on top of the Sunday, Ross. What they'll do is they'll sign him to the entry level deal and burn the first year. Yeah, yeah. unless he play. Well, he doesn't if he doesn't play ten games. Let's see what's left. No, I mean you can you can burn. Well, I mean there have been players who they sign him to a deal and they burn they burn the first year after playing one game. True. It you guys can, though, I thought. <clears throat> I haven't been on the show a couple times this week. Have you guys gotten into the Bennington contract and the craziness of that? Jordan yes, Bennington. Jordan Bennington has a has a contract where if he had played less than twenty seven games, right. he would have been a, a. I think it's a Group Six UFA. Yep. But he's I, he's got to play. I think thirteen more games, which he will do, and then yeah, he and he, then he's an I think then he's an arbitration eligible RFA. It's interesting though. I mean, it's like you know that that is a. I mean, there's a team in the playoff race. He's played incredibly well, and we and we're all fans of him here. I mean, we definitely have this. I know we've been talking about him. I. I People are sick of until this year. They were probably sick of hearing me yeah. talk about him and defend him and say how good he is. But now at least he's he's doing it. Which well, is, I think yeah. the viewpoint is he had been surpassed by Billy Husso in the organization. Yeah, that was they, they definitely showed that at the end right. of last year. We talked about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was crazy. It was always crazy. And and I mean, this is great. That he's doing this, but now they now they the Blues are really tied to him, like in a well, big way. 
the, oh, blue, yeah. the, the blues had to be dragged kicking and screaming into giving him a chance. It was like the last yeah. resort. It was like, you know, I think Huso was hurt. I think Allen was playing like Jake Allen. And then they just said, okay, we have to go to bit. We have to go to Bennington. And what, oh, if what if he gets hurt and can only play 10 more games? Then he's a UFA. He's UFA. And that's that's like such a great. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy situation to be in, you know. But, like, but, but this this act, you you are going to be able to write blog after blog this summer about the crazy, wacky goaltender market uh, and free agency because it's not only Bobrovsky, it's Varlamov who I don't think is earning any extra money with the way he's playing in Colorado. And you know, there there are a couple others out there, and there are a lot of teams that need goalies. So I think at the draft when when Russ and I are in Vancouver. You're going to see a lot of goalie trades. I think sure, rub it in there. Oh, st- yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't say it for that reason. Well, the fun part's going to be: did, what do the Devils do with Corey Schneider? Three more years, six million a year. Yeah, nobody. Does Shiro, buy, does Shiro buy him out just to get rid of that contract? No, they won't do that. No, nobody. They're, they're hope. They're hoping that he bounces back. I think that's the only thing yeah. they can do. That's the only it, thing they I can mean, do. It's possible. That they buy him out. It's, I mean, they've got the money to do it. They won't do it. They won't because they'll lose Kincaid. They'll trade Kincaid at the deadline. He'll bring like a sixth round pick. They have Mackenzie Blackwood, so they'll still be cheap in net for a couple of years. And yep. they, they and they can hope if in two years Corey Snyder's not doing it, then they'll buy him out. Well, the the interest the interesting team, and we've talked about it over the last month regarding goaltending is Calgary because Riddich has not played well of. Nope. Late. I think he's got an eight. He had an eight ninety eight save percentage his last eleven games uh, at the beginning of the week. Yeah, and I mean this. I mean, I don't think Bobrovsky would waive to go to Calgary, even if it was a rental situation. But I, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't know. I think but, he might because I think Bob wants to go and 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 win somewhere, which will raise his value. I, I think he might. That well, that that could make sense. I mean, and and it doesn't sound from the discussions that we've had with Kevin that Detroit wants to trade Jimmy Howard, even unless they get a first round pick for him. So. Right. I mean, Calgary. So, I mean, Calgary is in on the Stone and uh, and Duchesne and Panarin talk apparently, yeah. but I, I think that's sort of um, and, and, and Hayes and Zook have been mentioned a lot to Calgary also several well, times. Well, uh, we'll give. I still, think, I still think Hayes is going to Winnipeg. I think at the end of the day, it's he's going to Winnipeg, and I think it's happening soon. I don't think it's. Going to wait until the deadline. That, does that a, does that make? I mean, because Peter has said that they really need a playmaker as that number two center. Does Hayes really fit that playmaker? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. I mean, I think everybody views him just as a shutdown center, which is the role Vigneault had. But if you look at his last two months after the deadline, when he got moved into more of an offensive role and didn't start almost all of his starts in the defensive zone, he became a much better playmaker, and he's actually scored a bunch this year. So yeah, I think. I think he can be a playmaking center there, which and they need a number two center in that team. Now, I, th- I think I think they can get a number one for Hayes in a deal. It's going to be Hayes in number one and more. I think I don't think th- I think they're going to want a piece with that. But not. I mean, if it's Win- if it's Winnipeg, it's not going to be like a number one in Logan no, Stanley or a number yeah, one. Yeah, you're looking at picking at the back end of the first round, so that that right, diminishes right. the value of that first rounder. Yeah, I don't know the first the whole I mean the whole first two rounds now in the NHL are very valuable. Oh. Still, look, he's still a rental, Jan. I mean, you're not going to know. So is Rick Nash. Huh. Yeah, but Boston, ask Boston, ask Don Sweeney. Yeah, that but, but again, how much? If we somebody should do a blog, and I'm sure they have. You go deadline by deadline deal. What? How? I'd say the larger propensity of them don't work out. Well, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. that as your baseline is kind of tough because then you'd have no deals. 
the big deals that don't work out are the deals usually for big names. Like names are bigger than Hayes. Like it's like a Nash deal. Like that's a perfect example of a of a guy whose reputation precedes his ability. You know what I mean? And he ends up getting them to give a lot more for him because you know Hayes Hayes is a you know is definitely had a great year and improved a lot. But he also is kind of like I mean, there's people still remember. You know, he he was a he's not the easiest guy to deal with sometimes. So there's stuff there too. You know. Well, okay. I mean, I'll tell you who I would trade. I, if I were the Rangers, if they could get a first, that's great. And then if you could get, I'll give you an example off of the um, Jets. Off the Jets. Like if you could get Michael Spacek, who's never really been utilized, that would be a good player to get. I, I would yeah. actually rather get Appleton, personally, in my opinion. I think Appleton wouldn't be a bad guy to fit there. What about, Nick, what, about, what, fit. what about Nick Patan? No, honestly. I've I don't no think there's, room for him. there's too many centers to begin with. And, and plus, honestly, his value is so diminished, maybe as a third piece of a deal, but clearly not as a primary secondary piece in a trade. Okay, but what, okay, now Zuccarello. I mean, would you say a second-round pick and a prospect? Second yeah, I think, that's, I think that's likely what he's going to go for. I mean, I know the big argument has been, it's interesting, especially on my blog. Guys have talked about his production overall, which I get, and they're saying, well, you shouldn't, balance, you shouldn't play too much focus on his current production. My viewpoint is, is, so let's say he was hot the first two months and stunk the last two months. His right. value would be diminished because of the fact he's been so bad the last two months, disregarding everything he did early on. So to me, this is the inverse where, yeah, his recent production has to play a part and it does increase his value because of the inverse, it would decrease his value. So I don't know if they're going to get a first round. Obviously, they'd love to, but I think they'll get a second and a, and a prospect who could be a useful piece in the organization. Definitely. Although if you read, every, it depends if you believe Brooks and everybody else. I. And Russ, you may probably know more than me. I don't know if Gordon knows what he's going to do right now because I think there's a lot of internal debate in terms of the direction they want to go with both of these guys. Yeah, I think there is. That's fair. I, I honestly don't think they really know right this minute, but I get the impression that things <laughs> I know what X laughing at. <laughs> that things are happening quickly yeah. with the Rangers. I don't think they're gonna wait and see how other teams are gonna play their hands. I think they're going to try and strike while the iron is hot. I do. Yeah, they are. I mean, I've 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 heard um, Zuccarello's name just this morning mentioned with um, mentioned a lot with Nashville. I mean, I just I, and I think that. Well, if you give me Dante Fabro, it's uh, thank you very much. I love you, but I know that's not happening. That's not happening. No, but the yeah, and, and, and also and also all and no offense to Zuccarello because I think he's a fine player and I you know he, I think he'd be a good addition to any team. I don't think that's what Nashville Nashville needs to add a scorer and Zuccarello is not a top no, end scorer. scorer. Mike, that's the funny thing about it. If you put him on the power play, he is a scorer. And you right, you put him on a line with playmaking guys. He absolutely can be a scorer. He okay. Can. You put him on a line with yeah. Torres or Johansson, even, or yeah. put him on and put him put him on a power play. First of all, creativity wise, he'll help other guys. And right. honestly, you put him opposite Fiala, given Fiala's speed, that would be a nice bookend on a line. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm I'm saying he's not in the category of that that top three group that we're not, talking yeah, about. But again, you, as Zach talked about, are you going to wait to see if Stone and Duchesne and Panarin actually become available and get caught at the last minute trying to make a deal or grab a guy that you think, especially if the cost is not look. Zuccarello getting him isn't going to preclude you likely getting one of these guys, save for cap, and you have ability to have teams eat cap to make a move. One right. is not precluding the other. Yeah. I mean, I think that you also want to look at guys who have been good in the playoffs, you know, like if you're Nashville, you really. Right. Yeah. 
And you know, and Laviolette is always like, I mean, even even when he was in Philly, Laviolette used to talk to sing the praises of Zuccarello. You know, he's this is a guy, you know, who Laviolette likes, who, you know, um, there's a lot of players on the Predator the Predators players, you know, definitely have um a really good connection to the GM and to the moves that are being made. And and you know, a lot of prior predators players are are but I, I think this is the time of the year, and I think you'll agree with this, where Teams with GMs and other advisors in the organizations, their personal beliefs override what the stats say. Absolutely. Rick Nash to New York because he had no previous playoff anything. Yeah. yeah. was okay in the playoffs. He was maybe really good one year in the playoffs, but the personal belief seems to override it. Yeah, yeah. And, and also the other thing that you have to take into account is some kinds of GMs, and Poyle is definitely one of these, Likes to bring in guys that are just solid guys that aren't going to mess up a locker room. Absolutely, right. yeah. And Zuccarello is that kind of player, right? For that, which is what, which is what he did with Brian Boyle, because Boyle yep. is that type of player, and he knew Cody McLeod. I know he's not going to have much of an impact on the ice, but he knew Cody McLeod because he was in in Asheville before, and he wouldn't rock the boat. Now, Mike, Mike, Rangers' record is lousy without Cody McLeod. There so you I, go. Oh, here we go. MVP, MVP, Russ. Um, okay, Jan, one more thing, and because. A couple sure. of Lee a couple of Lee fans have tw tweeted me asking about Adam McQuaid, and I I don't think Kyle Dubas wants anything to do with Adam McQuaid, even though he's oh, a right hand shot. Don't underestimate him, Mike. You never know. Okay, whatever. But 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 okay. um, what do you think they can get back what they gave up for him, which I think was a third and a seven. Four and a seven. It was a four, four and, and a seven. conditional seven that with him playing twenty five games. Yeah, no, they will not get back what they gave up. You don't for think him. you'll get back a four and a seven? No. They will not I, I mean, look, I think they want to get a three back. I think if they just get a and four go back. History, go look at history. And a lot of times when the Rangers have made these trades, what they'll end up getting back is one pick. And instead of a four and a seven, they'll probably get a four. And I think they'll be <laughs> actually satisfied with a four. But that's, not, that's lesser value. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not arguing with you, but they've also <laughs> turned. It so, certainly sounds yeah, like. Things I got to get you really fast. I don't they turned Mazinek and, and McLeod into two seventh round picks in 2020. Okay, so. The fact that there was a desperation by Vancouver means they should have gotten like a fifth or a fourth. They were dying for a goalie and the Rangers just handed them over. Yeah. And, and Markstrom is probably coming. Markstrom is back now. So. Yeah, but they could have gotten more for him. Uh, maybe. They had to get him. Maybe. It wasn't maybe. There was no other place for them to turn. Mike and I were looking at this. Okay. Really true. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's move on a little bit because I must know you, and I know you, you got to go, Jan. I'm sorry. Um, All right. Thank you. Appreciate you jumping yeah. on. Take care. Keep, make sure you read Jan and follow him on Twitter. He's doing great stuff. Um, okay. So two players I want to talk to. First of all, Bobrovsky, who last night – did not look good against the Islanders. And now he, you know, and that's, it's, it's one game, right. But, it, but it is also, I mean, Bob has been very solid, but it, there is, there is a line on Bob Russ that we know about that there, where pressure gets to him. It's true. Right? I mean, he has to prove that to us. Right. Like that he oh. has this, there is no more. I mean, right now the pressure of this whole trade deadline has to be weighing on him in a big way. Oh, I think well, it, I, I, I'll, again, I'll be crass, but the, the reputation of Bobrovsky in the playoffs is as a choke artist. He's never performed in the playoffs to the yeah. level that he has performed to the Vesna trophy level that he has performed in the regular season. And that, I mean, if, if a team like Calgary, like we were talking about before was interested in upgrading their goaltending, that has to be something in the back of their head. It's like, okay, what kind of goaltender are we getting for the playoffs? 
Yeah, yeah, no, and it, it's a big issue, and he's not made it easy on Columbus, you know, to move him. There have been all sorts of situations that have happened there. So this is a really it's – it's gotten to a very interesting spot with him. Um, Columbus, I don't – I mean, I don't know if it will get better if they just they don't trade him, you know, but I think that – I think they have to move him, and I think they're going to – I think they're going to try to move him, but they are – you definitely get to get the feeling from Kukalainen that he's not going to be undercut on either of these two guys, and if that's the case, this could be a wait-out situation. This really could. He could, he could just say, we're going to go for it this year, bring in somebody else and keep Panarin and Bobrovsky. And uh, and try to well, get. Him. I think Panarin's gone. I really do. I think Bobrovsky might be the guy that stays because I think that's the hardest value judgment to make. Is what happens if we get rid of Bob? We put Corpusalo in, and we think he's ready, and all of a sudden, last ten games he doesn't look good. Then yeah. then our playoff yeah. chances could go up in flames. So I think Bob has to almost be the insurance policy, and then you just trade yeah. his rights at the uh, at the draft. But I think Panarin, you could trade. Because I think Bob ultimately, even though Panarin's majorly important for scoring, yeah. Bob's still the foundation of this team, and it's going to be hard to pull him out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's all it's all about the restrictions because Bobrovsky has a no move, so he can decide to go wherever he wants, and Panarin has no no trade protection at all, so they can trade him basically anywhere. And if and if I'm Yarmo Kekalainen and I know that he's going someplace else on July first. Yeah. I'm trading them now. It does. It doesn't preclude you from using what you get in exchange for Panarin and adding something to maintain your playoff positioning. Yeah. But I, I think you, you know, you have to move Panarin. He is an asset that I, I don't think you're a legitimate. They're they're in a situation similar to Toronto last year, where I don't think they're a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. If you got, if you have a player, you. You trade him. You don't have make him an own rental and let him walk for nothing. It's stupid. Yeah, I mean, I it is it, it normally is, Mike. I do agree with you, but I think that you can't you can't just you know you you can't. Well, that's that's why I'm how important it is for Columbus to win in the playoffs this year. And that's that's why I'm saying I'm that's why I'm saying Yarmo can play that buy sell game. Act. He can sell Panarin. You know, somebody was saying, like, if they get a return for Panarin, if they go out and they trade for a Jordan Eberle or something like that, and they pay less to get Eberle than they do in getting a return for Panarin, then they've profited by the Panarin deal and they've, you know, not improved their chances, but sort of balanced their chances in terms of getting a scorer back and having an opportunity to win in the playoffs. If you don't get an equal return, if you get a return and then have to flip everything to get a player to replace him, then there's no point. Then you may as well keep him as an own rental. But I'm telling you right now, Panarin is going to yield the biggest return of any of these guys with the exception of maybe Mark Stone. So you're going to get a big return. You are. Um, and if you can get somebody who can help you now, then yes, maybe. I, I mean, there's no way they're trading them without doing that. It's got to be somebody that can really help them now that gives them a better chance in the playoffs. I mean, it's either getting somebody for now in the deal for him or getting somebody for now in exchange for what they get for him. Right. One way the it's it's sort of a, almost a quasi three way deal. You can basically say, okay, well, I, you know, I'm talking trade with Boston for Panarin, and I'm getting Zaboral first in this. Would you yeah. take Zaboral and this for that? You yeah. might be able to do that kind of deal. I mean, that's very possible. I was just texted that um, Kincaid, um, as you brought up Kincaid, which is pretty interesting. Um, yeah. That he that that Columbus had interesting has interesting Kincaid, I should say. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me because they could they could extend him out. And yeah. 
not and as the if, number one, but he could. They could have a tandem next year. Yeah, yeah and if they and if they trade if they trade Bobrovsky, then they they would yeah. need Kincaid as a as a as a one A one B with uh, Corpusalo for the playoffs. I mean, if they have if if there is any truth to this, and I, I, I again, I don't know why Florida would trade. Uh, Huberto in a deal to get Bobrovsky and Panarin if they they don't have any guarantee that any either one of them are going to sign with them. Oh, there's 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 a there's a wink there, Mike. There's a yeah. Wink. If, if there's, there's a, a wink, agreement that's pretty strong. Yeah, if they do that, if that there's week, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Then sure. Especially if you're dealing with one agent, you know, and it's like right. you're dealing with one agent for them. It's very easy yeah. for them to get to get right. that together. Although my mother couldn't deal with my brother and I at the same time, so you never know. It could be problematic. It's true too. Maybe. Who's your agent? I think you're taking that into account. Who's Clearly, your agent? Right? My mom. You should talk to your mom about it and see how that works. Uh, do we want to take a couple questions? In the uh, chat? Yeah, I do have a question. And these are questions from the chat. That one a question from the chat room. Go ahead. Yeah, we got some questions in the chat room. But I think that uh, the um, the one thing I want I want to talk about again is Eric Stahl, who um, has yeah. been a you know a kind of a big name. If Minnesota is open for business, Eric Stahl will get them something. Um, Eric Stahl is the Paul Stastny of this deadline yeah that's pretty good that's a pretty good comparison i think um because yeah. nobody nobody expected paul stasny to be available and this has sort of come out of the blue and and just just to reference that report that you were talking about from mike russo where it sounds like fenton it sounds like craig leopold has given the thumbs up to fenton to retool if he finds it necessary and boudreaux has come out and said we're making the playoffs so you sort of have a a split in the a split in the presidium there I don't think there's a split, Mike. I, that's why I gave the speech that I did. I think I know, I know, but it's I more think exciting. Think I think Fenton that. needs to retool. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I think they've given Fenton the, and I think, and this is actually the the case in in Minnesota in general is you know um, ownership there has been very good at letting the GM kind of do their own thing. Yeah, and um, sort of you know, you know I mean the, you know sometimes saying ah oh, you know I mean the decision of whether we're going to go for it or not, whether you're going to make a big trade or not. You know, always has to go through ownership in the big, big situations. But in usually in deadlines, I find that Minnesota is, is one of the teams that just does. And I think, and I think Nash, I think Fenton really wants to Rins to take this apart. He wants to rebuild it. Um, but, but again, didn't New Jersey make a trade years back and still made the playoffs not that long ago, right? Oh yeah, it can happen. Yeah, it can happen. Uh, now the team that I hear with Eric Stahl um, is is really good one and this 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 would be fun for if it happened um just and it, uh, that is calgary um now can you imagine that because i mean the stalls are aren't they from that area uh thunder bay ontario oh, so. from thunder bay ontario okay oh, you know what i'm thinking i always confuse them with the sutter family the sutter sutters are oh, yeah. viking alberta um but even without that it's still an interesting place an interesting place for eric stall to go um I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, Eck, I think he's. I think he could go to any one of those big three in the West. He could go to. I mean, uh, and you know what? He. Could, I mean, his salary is three point five million. It's it, Minnesota could get even more of a return if they retain fifty percent of the salary for the remainder of the deal. A team like San Jose could jump in on on that kind of minuscule amount. I mean, they're going for it this year. I mean, so man, practically anybody could be in on Eric Stahl. Yeah, no, he's going to be any, and you know. And what's it going to take? Is it going to take a first round draft pick? Is it going to take a prospect in a first round draft pick? I don't really have a sense yet as to what it's. Yeah. Going to be. I'm working, uh, on it, but I'm, I don't really, you know, my logically it would say like a, you know, a first for sure, and or and or like a prospect that you that is was been drafted in the first couple rounds last couple of years. But before before we take questions here, Darren Drager just posted uh, on Twitter about ten minutes ago. 
Oilers and Flyers in a holding pattern on Cam Talbot trade, as mentioned uh, yesterday. So Anthony Stellar is likely in return if they close the deal. Yeah, they're very bad too. Stellars has to play a certain amount of games or he'd become that free agent situation that you were talking about with Bennington too. I think he's got the same situation. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense, but that's not the complete deal. They're not just giving. No, games. it's got to be something more than that. No, um, but I know I know Hitch Hitch likes Stellars. That could be the Stars. Yeah. Stars name came up in the past when Hitch was in Minnesota, um, but I, I think that that's it's possible. St. Louis. For, I think Cam Talbot is a great fit for the Flyers um, if they make no deal. What? No question, he's a great fit for them. I mean, he's like he's the perfect because uh, he's a backup who can play. He can come in as backup for them, or he can play more time. He can give. He can keep. Definitely, there's definitely a sense right now, and you can see the frustration in the Flyers is that they want to play. They only really trust Carter Hart, you know, and even though and they, don't, they don't, you know, and they don't want to trust Carter Hart every game, you know, and they're frustrated. They can't. They can't do that to Carter Hart. They can't do that themselves. So when they get in these back-to-back game situations, they don't know, you know, Just what to do. Credit. In those other games where the Flyers' defense has left them, he's really battled well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Stolarz played an incredible game against the Rangers. I mean, just like, yeah. you know, like was crazy. And he and he has looked a lot better than – and I'm, I'm happy for him because he's been through so much. You want to see yeah, him. I didn't know where he'd be at this year. We were all honest about that. And He's, he's like the fifth-string goalie in the beginning of the year. He was, he was yeah. not even part of the, you know, phantom. playing in Lehigh. I know. Third string in Lehigh. It's, that's he like tough. Playing in Lehigh, he was just warming up with coaches and stuff at practice. That's it. Now, another chat, another and a question from the chat room. Um, and this is this is for Russ from Jason. I feel Wayne Simmons will bring a good return. Oh, that's not what the question was. The question was, uh, and it was the same, it was Jason who said um that he believes if, if Eric Stahl is the Paul Statsney of this year's trade, then Wayne Simmons is the Rick Nash. Yeah, I don't believe that. Not at all. I don't agree that with that at all. Because Wayne Simmons is not done, and Rick Nash is done. No, Rick Nash is a was a much better scorer than Wayne Simmons is now. Sure, but but we're talking about a third. We're, we're talking about one year. We're, we're talking about Nash at thirty four years old, who showed with the Rangers last year that he was pretty much done. There wasn't a lot left. Right, and that was why the return that they got for him was 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 really good. And and Boston found that out late in the season when he got concussed again, and then he was he was not a it was a shadow of his former self in the playoffs when he came back. So I think Wayne Simmons can still play. I think yeah. he can still have an effect on a game. I think he's physical. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's any comparison between the two. But no, here's I, what I brought up yesterday that you didn't know about. Yeah. I think that if I think Fletcher waited too long to trade Wayne Simmons on his own. Because now that Stone and Duchesne are possibly out there and Panarin's still out there, yep. Wayne Simmons is an afterthought compared to compared to those guys. I think if you'd have traded him a few weeks ago before Stone and Duchesne got out there and we weren't sure about Panarin, he right. could have gotten a much better deal. Now I think if you're going to get a big, better deal for Simmons, it has to be part of a package because yeah. on its own, it's not as enticing anymore. It's, yeah, flood, flood for sure, but the part, but the real, I mean, and when I did my domino list the other day, I kind of did it in order of a dozen players. And I put Wayne Simmons at like four um, on that list, but right. that's that's right. But he would have been one right a month ago. But, it, but there's someone pointed out to me, and I think that this is important that that domino list really probably should have been split up into two lists because Wayne Simmons is number one on a team looking for power forward aggressiveness and scoring. Like, so that's 
And that's the difference. That's what you don't get with any of the Stone, Duchesne, or Panarin. Both of them cost you a lot more than Simmons. Elbow you. Stone is not a wallflower. I would. He's not a wallflower, but he costs a heck of a lot. He's a dual. He's a dual capable, is what we're saying. But he's but he's going to sim. But he's going to be so much more expensive to get than Simmons. So Fletcher Fletcher would have improved his chances to get a big return on Simmons if he had been as proactive as Rob Blake was on Jake Muzzin. Where he traded him a whole full month before the deadline and got a really good return. I don't think he may get a first round pick for Simmons, but I it, it's possible he doesn't. Right. Here's an interesting thing: if Bobrovsky gets traded, yeah, I've heard there's a very very good chance that Jonathan Quick ends up in Columbus. I don't um, think it's happening. No. And I mean, if if you think about it, if if they need they need to go into the playoffs with a proven playoff guy. Caught, I mean, oh, there's caught. an injured guy, and taking yeah. over for another proven injured guy might not go well with the fans. Yeah, there's cost certainty there because because Quick is making five point eight yeah. million. Um, there's term left. Yes, right, right. But, he but he gets hurt. Every year. He gets hurt every year, and again, and and I'm not slamming Columbus, but you've been down this road before with Jeff Carter, where he goes from Philadelphia to Columbus. Right. Quick is going from Los Angeles, the only organization he's ever known, and he's going to the Blue Jackets. You have to factor in whether the guy will want to be there. Right. Now you do. It was true. I think literally after a week, we knew Jeff Carter didn't want to be in Columbus. Right. So if they're different people, I know. Just, but Mike's making a fair point. Yeah, you do have to see if they want, if they actually want to be there or not. I do agree with that. There's no question about it. But I think that. You know the writing on quick might see the writing on the wall and, and look and if you're if you're quick okay and you really want to win still how many teams can you go to where you can say i could be the starting goalie for the next three years and that could that team could actually be in the cup race every year and that that really is columbus i mean that is where he's at that's that's well the, maybe you could say hey there's just what about calgary yeah I mean, but i think that calgary still believes in, i mean i know they're i know the guy's been struggling lately but they and i and i honestly have always felt like they were going to go to Mike Smith in the playoffs anyway, because at oh. some point, but I still think Calgary believes they have this, they have a long, um, you know, they, they do have, and they also have other, Calgary has other prospects too. I mean, Columbus doesn't have anybody really, you know, if Quick goes in there and helps them in the playoffs, win a couple playoff rounds this year, he's the goalie for the next three years, you know? I mean, honestly, that's where I see, it. I mean, he's, that's where he's going to go. You know, I mean, Calgary's maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. I, and I, uh, what else do we have? Anything else guys? Um, any more questions in the chat? I'm looking. I'm looking. Hold on. Uh, well, just just while you're looking, Elliot Friedman said yesterday, um, in on one of the uh, Sportsnet shows during the Leafs uh, uh, Golden Knights uh, game that Kyle Dubas was in uh, Anaheim to watch the Ducks and Canucks on Wednesday, and speculated there might be some interest in Brandon Montour. I'm sure there's interest. I just don't know whether Bob Murray is looking to trade a defenseman who's under control for another year, making around three million bucks. It would He's have to be on the top pairing. I don't think yeah. they're ready. To do yeah, that. I mean, it's great that it's it's great that they're interested, and I I don't doubt that because he's a very good player. But unless the Leafs are interested in giving up Kapanen or Nealander, I, I don't know how they make that deal possible. So I mean, All right. we'll so see. asks, you know, he's wondering what the situation is with. With Taylor Hall, I, I think the only situation with Taylor Hall is, is that with him <clears throat> having injury problems and not being in there, 
it affected the team a little bit, but he's still way over a point a game and he's still their number one guy and he's still going to be their number one guy going forward. Like, yeah. Yeah. No issue. It's just, it's been injury. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with you. All right. Stu wants to know if there's any market for Spezza. There definitely would be a market for Spezza, but Dallas is so far in the race. Yeah. Dallas isn't going to move him. Yeah. He would, yeah. that would ruin their power play. If you move Jason Spezza right now. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a he's a seven point five million dollar cap hit, so they would have to retain salary. I, I don't think they're going to go there. I mean, he's he's been better with them this year under um, the Colorado former Colorado Denver coach. Um, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Russ, who's their oh, coach? Oh, Jared Bednar. No, 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 no. Uh, Dallas's coach, the former Denver. Oh, Jim Montgomery. Jim Montgomery. He's he's been better under Montgomery than he was under Hitchcock. They just yeah. it was oil was fire and gasoline. So yeah. I, I think they're I think he's staying, and I think there's a possibility Denver ad, or Dallas, excuse me, adds uh, before the deadline because they're in a tight race right now. Uh, yeah. Jonathan wants to know who'd be more valuable for the Islanders, Panarin or Duchesne. I think it's Panarin because yeah. Yeah. I don't think Duchesne is a trots guy because he's not good on faceoffs, and, and I think. If you had to play him in the middle, that's going to compromise his system a little bit that way. And I yeah. think there's a chance there's a chance that they could convince Panarin to stay there, whereas I don't know if they the Duchesne would stay there. As near wants to know if the, the Red Wings would trade Vanek, yes. And unfortunately, we are going to write another and yet another rumor year where we're going to have to talk about Thomas Vanek, which is just like he is probably yeah. he's definitely in the rumor Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. There's no question about that. Um, Alexander Semin yet. Yeah, he definitely has now because okay. it's just the sheer number of years. I mean, Salmon was very powerful for a few years, but but Vanek is Vanek is like going on a decade now of like of just. I like, feel like if the, site, if the website was in business when Mike Sillinger was around, he would still be the undisputed champ. But Walt, Walt McKechnie. <laughs> no, Mike yeah, Sillinger. Sillinger played on every team. I know, and it was we did. We actually were around in the beginning. Of, I remember writing Sillinger trade rumors. We were around the, the towards the end of Sillinger's career. Um, Mike Mike Suitcase Sillinger. <laughs> yeah, uh, what are the Sabers doing? Uh, Adam Ziller wants to know, and this is a. Um, I think they're eating breakfast. This is a really <laughs> fascinating question because I just have no idea what the Sabers. Um, doing. well, being here in Buffalo, I, I can tell you that there are some rumors about them possibly uh, shopping Jason Pominville. He's, you know, coming to the end of his career. Um, he's a big cap hit, but they might retain salary if they could find some place where. Thing is, they're in the race right now, so I can't see them moving Pominville if they are in the race. Uh, they're not moving Skinner. I think they're talking with Skinner about a new deal. I think it's going to eventually happen. It may not happen before the deadline, but I think it'll happen. So, and he's got a no move clause anyway. So, they could be marginal. They could sort of tinker around the edges. They may trade a Nathan Bouliou. Mm -hmm. Um, they, you know, they maybe could add somebody to bo to boost their defense. I don't think they're interested in giving up. According, uh, Friedman said yesterday they've got the three first round picks. They would trade one of them, but they're not going to trade them for a rental. They would trade for somebody who has term left. I think the the thing they need more than anything is somebody who can score that's not named Eichel or Skinner. If they could find yeah. that, that they, they, I think they would go for that. But it they has to be on the right path. That's what I've been told. Um, but yeah, and, and this year, you know, they have. They've been better. Obviously, they're in the race. Yeah. Um, but, you know, how did they jump as far as maybe people wanted to do? Or they they looked better in the beginning of the year. I, I think, think right, where they, right where we probably all thought they would be, like in this. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very close. But Patrick Barber asks, is Jeff Skinner going to be available? To the media, yes. To other teams, no. <laughs> right. Agreed. Not yet. No. 
No, he's not available. Um, probably not even in the media knowing Buffalo right now. Um, <laughs> so, Goss is very value, value, and this is the last thing we'll get into. We got to go, but um, yeah, of course he has value. He has value, but the Flyers will not move him until they know what's going on. You know, with uh, what's the thing? with Sam Moran? No. <laughs> Why am I losing my mind? With, with Provorov. With Provorov. Oh, with that contract, yeah. Yeah, I mean, right now there's no movement at all with the Provorov contract. So is if there and you know there's fear the Provorov could end up being you know next year's Nylander, you know, and there yeah. if he sits out for a long time and they've and and Gossip Bear is gone, the city will lose their minds because yeah, it'll they won't have much of a blue line. That's for sure. Right. They have to. They have to. You know, in actuality, they probably should be moving him because they really do have control over Provorov, but. You know, short term, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I, I'm gonna tell you this. I think they have control over Provorov, like Winnipeg has control over Truba. Uh no, because Truba can be a UFA. Provorov. No, no, no. But when Truba was his age, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, 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 what Russ is saying? That's true. Control there. That's the question. That's true. That's a good point. What Russ is saying is basically okay. If after his ELC he comes out and signs a two-year bridge deal, then basically right. he's he's walking himself step by step towards free agency after seven years. You want to get him locked up long term. The only thing I can say is that that I have heard the and this is like you know dossier rumor stuff. This is way off the chart, off the but I've heard this for sure, um, and I've heard this about Wawenski and I've heard this about Provorov. That there is rumblings that if they don't like their contracts for next year, they could play in Russia, and and you know that that's the only thing that they could. No, I don't with you know Provorov obviously being Russian, maybe he wants to do that, but I don't think so. Provorov is one of the most North American Russians I've ever been around. Yeah, um, he wouldn't, but the idea is even if they say they they're going to play in Russia, they'll wait two months into the season before they yeah. even decide that. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a that's a leverage negotiating point. That's all. No, that it is. Is, but I think, and I, I do think that you know you're gonna have a couple guys. Um, also, um, don't don't you remember? Don't you remember in October the talk was that uh, that William Neander was gonna play for Avangard Omsk? I mean, yeah. So great. Go ahead, make two million dollars in Russia, get it out of a paper bag. Uh, I mean, instead of Matt Sundin would play for another team, and then he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. On that. on that note, on that note, uh, someone sent me this text, which I thought was really funny. So the Flyers traded Bobrovsky, remember way back when in 2012, uh, for a 2012 sec for not in 2012, but for a 2012 second and fourth rounder and, and a 2013 fourth rounder. Flyers used those picks to get first two picks we got Olars <laughs> and um, and then um, Lear, okay, right. and then the fourth rounder was used to reacquire Simone Gagne. Yeah, it's not a fair thing to say, though. It's I not. know it's fun to follow these trades that, that happened that made them trade Bob. They didn't really want to trade him. They didn't. They no, were in a spot. Yeah, they they were in a spot, and it, it, people are rough on the Flyers for that. And it's, it's they like, are. And that's also you know they're saying, well, this is the Flyers. You know, they had a young goalie. They weren't patient enough with him, and all that right, stuff. Right. That wasn't the case. It wasn't the case. There was other stuff going on with Bob, which is which is starting to go on now in Columbus, unfortunately. And it's the same kind of stuff that. So then, actually, to yeah. fail to call it out, Lear was traded for who? It, who it was, was Lear traded for? Bailey just recently, right? Lear was yeah. traded for Bailey, and um, Stolarz couldn't now be dealt for Talbot. So at the end of the day, you know, you could be looking for Bobrovsky for Simone Gagne, Bailey, and Talbot. There you have it. There you go. That's the deal. I'm All sure right. Gagne is sitting at home laughing about that. Yes. 
Yes, or doing some kind of extreme skating sporting event up in Canada, which is Simone Gagne is known to do. He just wakes up and looks good. That's what bugs me about. <clears throat> but he's a good guy. I used to go to the same bank as him, and I would see him all the time for some reason. We would bank at the same network. I, 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 I do something similar to Russ. I just wake up. Yeah, well, every day you wake up's a blessing, Mike. Yeah, there you go. All right, remember, <laughs> without the buzz, it's just hockey. You can support us at patreon.com slash hockey. We really appreciate those who do. It really means the world to us. And um, we will talk to you on Monday. Let's stay tuned today. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to be writing a lot, um, and I'm going to be making a lot of calls. So it's Friday. Stay tuned tonight, too, because anything could happen tonight as well. So remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. We'll talk to you then. Talk to you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.